You're listening to the Power Platform People podcast on the CRM Audio Network with the bearded CRM guy Ian Connolly and the Mark Christie. The guys will take you on a journey of the Power Platform community. Here we go. Hello, Mr. Christie. How are you today? I am not too bad. I am going to try not and swear today, which I think is going to be really difficult. I'm okay not swearing when we're recording. It's when we turn off the mics that I just go expletive central. Anyway, it's another story. Well, I think it's partly because of the guest that we've got on. Not that I'm saying that she's a nightmare for swearing, but I think we just end up talking nonsense and end up swearing. But we'll see how think, it goes. I think it's just kind of part of our culture over here. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Like, that's the whole thing. For the people that don't recognise the voice there, maybe don't know her, she is Emma Darcy, who is working for Click Dimensions at the moment, I believe. Yep, currently in Click Dimensions and about to move into a pre-sales role, actually. Really excited about it. Ah, okay. So what were you doing before you moved to pre-sales then? So I've been with Click Dimensions for about two and a half years now. I started out as what was called a marketing success manager, kind of a support role, but more so on the product side. Then I moved into a senior product consulting role, just doing primarily consulting with marketing customers and how to use the tool. From there, I went into technical account management, which was just, you know, very hands-on involvement with implementation, advanced consulting and things like that. And the wonderful Matt Winneman, who I am super excited to be working with now, has asked me to join the pre-sales team. So I'm now currently on the pre-sales team. So you got like every badge for every area of Click D by the sounds of it. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've been everywhere. It's like, what's, what have I got? I've got my Click D fundamentals badge. I think that's about as far as I got. <laughs> you also have a, a sweet Yeti mug as well. Oh, well, don't honestly don't get me started on the mugs. So I I must have come home with about three of these mugs, <laughs> and I only have one of them. How did that happen? One of them didn't even get back from Amsterdam because it was hijacked by somebody. I can't remember who it was. The other one, Neil Parkhurst gave that to Claire, mm-hmm. and. And never got back to me either. So I have one, and my wife's actually taking it to work, so I don't even really have one. And oh, the one no. that Claire had, I seen for one moment in Glasgow. It was the first time I've ever seen one. I don't even know if I managed to touch it, but I believe <sighs> it got damaged as well, Mark, to be honest. I don't know if you know that. No, so that's why she can't. So it's just pure shame that she's damaged it, and that's why she's telling it's me she can't find it. a scratch in the blue. And then you could see the silver underneath that's, something like that. That's that's okay. They had actually awesome cups though. They no, they were know, very elite elite yetis that we gave out to the best of the best, Mark. So you're very lucky to have one. <laughs> so the best of the best got one and he got three. I, exactly. I don't, I don't know what I that don't says. Know who, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't know who he's blowing that smoke. But, <laughs> but I've not got any socks yet though. I'm working on the socks, man. I swear to God, I'm working on the socks. You knew, you knew that was going to come up at some point. I know. You? I'll send the podcast to marketing and be like, we can't promote this unless we give Mark socks. So yeah, we are not releasing this until Mark gets socks and Ian gets a mug. <laughs> I don't know how I'm losing out on there, but <laughs> actually, I have a pair of socks for you to send over from the podcast. Okay. Now. They might like be like thigh highs on you, but but you can have some socks with our faces on them. I'm sure I can. I can probably pull it off. I don't know if you'd want to pull them on, and never mind pull them off, Emma. 
or no? Yeah, we will get them sent over to you. Um, that's cool. So <laughs> you've you're just moving into pre-sales. I mean, mm-hmm. you you've heard loads of me because I always on the phone to you asking how you fix this, how you fix that. Um, yeah. Mainly because I'm too lazy to look into stuff myself. That's really, I, I, I do take advantage of you, I know. Ah, that's but, fine. I don't mind. It gives me something to do. <laughs> now that you're in pre-sales, and that makes it even even better, because let's be honest, Ian, what do I really do nowadays? Come on. Yeah, I've said it for a long enough time that Mark has pre-sales. I keep calling them smoking mirrors. <laughs> but it's not even that. It's because everything's so bleeding edge with what he's doing that it actually cuts you. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, nah, it's, it's definitely more of a pre-sales role that Mark's kind of sitting in as well, where it's looking at what's coming, but looking at the full ecosystem of the whole Dynamics platform. So ClickD comes into that, as well as every other ISV partner out there and understanding what they can do, so what they can actually offer the whole environment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a probably a good chance we're going to end up working together a lot then, I'd say. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, that's if I get my product request in quick enough and you say yes. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I can make the magic so, happen. I like, I like that. Um, I do know that you have just kind of gone back stateside over the past couple of weeks. Are you allowed to say what you were doing over here? Um, in Oh, I am, yes. So, yeah, I was in Cork, Ireland for about six weeks or so. Uh, I think Click Dimensions have already announced this, so I can definitely talk about it. We've just opened our new office in South Mall in Cork City, which is great. And we have currently got five support agents and five customer success managers there. The plan is to actually ramp up that office to about 50 employees by the end of 2020. So it's a huge investment for the company. I am super excited. We have some really, really great talent in that office as well. So our European customers are going to be getting the best of the best, which is awesome. That's awesome as well. We have the European base have such a local area to reach out rather than all going stateside. Yep, exactly. And everything's going to be in local languages as well. So we have multiple different languages. I think we have Dutch, French, German, Spanish, probably some other languages, Croatian as well. Is, which awesome. is awesome yeah so it's super cool that is super cool and it's no longer going to be like any sort of fall of the sun obviously if you've got people working in cork they're going to be more to that gmt hour as well so you've got exactly a couple and they'll also awesome. um, they'll have that irish banter about them as well so you know it'll be a good, good time. Bit of crack yeah exactly exactly sweet uh- until an English person phones up and just sucks the life out of it all. <laughs> <laughs> Take it forever <laughs> to tell you what they want. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we can say that. Don't worry. We can just put an expletive language on it. <laughs> we didn't even swear. We just were xenophobic. <laughs> oh, is England not a swear word in your dictionary? Oh. <laughs> all right, you see. This has gone sideways real fast. <laughs> I mean, am I the only person that mutes God Save the Queen when it comes on the radio? Oh, it doesn't come on the radio in my country. Oh, good God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, on the TV, national anthems and stuff like that, muted straight away, but anyway. I'm just pleading the fifth on this. I'm not commenting. I don't want to incriminate myself either way. So diplomatic. Mm, 100% somebody in this conversation has to be, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Ian lives on the country of fence. <laughs> I'm just worried my neighbours hear what I say. Oh, God. yeah, that's very, very true for you. <laughs> so, have you started your pre-sales role, or are you just about to 
get into it? I'm actually starting on Monday. So I'm doing the transitioning of all my accounts out to different people and kind of growing what the business premiere package looks like right now that I was working on. So Monday is my start date for the uh, pre-sales role. Awesome. And is that based from home or are you in more in the office with that or are you going to be everywhere? Pretty much everywhere. So a huge part of why they offered me this role is so that I can be more involved in the community, kind of go into more events, doing more talks. So I've started doing a lot more talks at UGs. Um, I'm going to be helping out with leadership of one of our local UGs up here in Charlotte, North Carolina as well. So just kind of having that visibility lends itself more so to a pre-sales role than what I was doing previously. So it just makes more sense. Are you enjoying doing the talking? So I know you've yeah you've done some in Amsterdam, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And you've done a, a training session. I did. I absolutely love it so much. The community of the Dynamics platform as a whole, Power Platform, whatever anyone is calling it these days, it has like a million names I never know. Um, it's just great. It's just everyone's so supportive. And even if you don't know a whole lot, um, people are still like super supportive and encouraging. So I actually did the hackathon, the Hack for Good hackathon in Atlanta two weekends ago, I think it was. I came second, by the way, which is awesome. And um, we did a hackathon for charity. And the whole idea was that we would build some sort of a solution for charities. And so my team, we built a solution for the American Red Cross that would help volunteers locate specific facilities for, say, disaster relief, let them know what the capacity was, how many people were there, and just a bunch of different things about the facilities, because often they can be like churches to school halls to anything like that. So the app just gave them that information on the fly, uh, which apparently is going to be something that they're super interested in us pursuing as well later on. So it was really cool. That is quite cool. I like that. I did see, well, somebody was tweeting about that yesterday, I think, just Mm -hmm. with some, some screenshots. Yeah, Lisa Crosby wrote an article on LinkedIn, I believe, about it. And I wrote a pretty brief blog post just about my experience at my first hackathon and why I think everyone should do one. And a huge part of that as well was kind of helping me combat imposter syndrome, which I struggle with immensely. Uh, So I decided I'd do the hackathon to try and tackle that a little bit. Just, you know, get with people who have either less knowledge than me, more knowledge than me, and just kind of compare and see if I can work with somebody in a team. And it definitely really helped me figure out, hey, nobody knows everything. Everybody has questions. And that definitely helped me cope with the imposter syndrome that I deal with every day. It's a massive thing, that, isn't it? The whole imposter session, because you fear what you don't know and you feel that somebody will question you on it. Mm-hmm. But as you say, when you're in that community, when you're in that group of people and you suddenly realize you know more than them on this, they know more than you on that. And that's what drives the community because you gel together and collaborate as one and it and that's where the equilibrium in that comes I think yeah exactly and actually it's kind of funny because I'm going to be doing a talk on imposter syndrome at a local code conference here and it was funny because I was like god I don't feel qualified to have a talk in imposter syndrome and I'm like that makes me exactly qualified to have a talk in imposter syndrome so yeah I'm super excited about that as well I uh, we might have a chat about switching your session for Scotland then okay yeah, I think people would probably be more interested in that than, I don't know, email free marker. I can't even remember what I wrote, Mark. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's definitely one that I think everybody can relate to in one way or another. There's not one person that you speak to who suddenly yeah. goes, I've never had that. They suddenly go, oh, is that what it's called? Or, yeah, I had the same, or I felt this way. And I don't think it matters what level you're at. I think everybody has, mm-hmm. to some extent, that. Yeah, I think everyone always has it. Mm. I mean, I, unless you're an absolute cocky, some something or another then 
everyone has it. Even cocky people, I think, have it. It's just a bravado in front. I I get it all the time. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, I'm going to get found out. I'm going to get sacked. They hate me, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's that's exactly exactly what it is. And I don't, I don't think there's any level of knowledge takes that away. So if you... If you learn the things that you think you weren't good at or that you are kind of pretending to be good at or think you're pretending to be good at anyway, if you learn that, you still then have imposter syndrome about taking the next step, oh, I'll never be able to do that, I'm not this, I'm not that. It's it's a vicious one. I think there also has to be an element mm-hmm. of you have to have imposter syndrome because why else would you push yourself? It's about embracing it. It's about using it to actually boost yourself going forward. Like if I felt that I had everything I'd done was the best it could be, I had nothing else to learn, nobody could show me anything, then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. And that's going to be a huge part of what I'm going to talk about is, you know, everybody has imposter syndrome, but how can you use that to better yourself instead of just wallowing in like, oh my God, I don't Mm. know anything, which you could either go either way. And it's kind of the same for most things like that. But I do think imposter syndrome can be used for good and absolutely it impacts everyone. I don't think I've ever met anyone who said, nope, I know everything. I'm pretty comfortable in my job. Like you're always, there's always going to be something that you're going to learn, something new. Yeah. That is quite, quite cool. John, do you know where and when you're talking about that? So you can give it a wee shout out. Yeah, I haven't even written anything yet. I've just been like, oh, this sounds like a great idea. I'll do it. Um, It's going to be at the Carolina Code Conference on, I want to say July 27th. I think if that's a Saturday, then it's July 27, but it's up here in Greenville, South Carolina, and it is free to attend for all coders. Okay. We will find a link and put that in. Saturday 27th does look about right. So that that is a Saturday. So yeah, we will put a link in that as well so people can find it. So no yeah, so no awesome. imposter syndrome when you go into pre-sales then? You're, you know everything about what you need <laughs> to do, obviously. Oh my God, I had major imposter syndrome. So I remember when um, Matt Winnowin called me and pre-sales has been a career goal of mine because I really enjoy problem solving and being like trying to make things work for somebody. If you have a problem, I want to be able to fix it. So when he called me, I remember I was in Cork, Ireland and I was just wrapping up my last week and he called me and he's like, hey, I really want you to join my team. And I, I'm not going to lie, I might have had a bit of a tear afterwards, just being really excited. It's a good thing. <laughs> and then I immediately got the oh no, am I good enough? I don't know anything about security. I don't know anything about how they work. I don't know the Dynamics platform in its entirety. Am I going to be able to do this? And so to combat that, I then just went to the current pre-sales engineer and I talked to him. And I was like, hey, what do you do every day? I'm super concerned. I don't know X, Y, Z. And he's, he was like, Emma, that's like 10% of the job. 90% is what you already know about click dimensions and community and just doing partner trainings. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do those. It's just 10% that was really holding me back from taking the job. So um, doing more research was definitely helpful for me. That's cool. So is that with the move to pre-sales then, I presume that more of that area you're going to be focused on is around the new UI, which is to come out, or is out, but is going to be forcing everybody soon? <laughs> uh, some of it will be for sure, but to be honest, most of our customers are still on 8.2 or 2011, as some of our customers are. I do have one customer, I think, still on 2000, or uh, CRM4. Really? So you've got a lot of on-prem people then as well. It's not just the cloud elements. Yeah. Everybody in the cloud is obviously yep. nine, but you must have on-prem something rotten then. Mm-hmm. 
We do. We have like a wide range of customers on various different levels of platform. And we do still technically support 2011 to a point. Of course, Microsoft mm -hmm. doesn't support it anymore, but it's important that all of our customers are able to use our tool regardless of what platform they're working. So we do our best to support everybody. Yeah, that's cool. How does it work then? If you're going to do a new UI, you're going to still have to support the old UI? Yep. or the... Yep, wow. we do both. So the way it works is we have solution files for both interfaces. So if you are on, I think it's 9.1 and above, we don't have UI for 9.0 because some of the functionality that was in 9.0 wasn't compatible with click dimensions, such as marketing lists, for example. I don't think marketing lists were available in the new UI. I could be wrong on that, but I do know there was some functionality that wouldn't allow the click dimensions app to work correctly in UI. So if you're on 9.1 and above, you can request the solution for a unified interface if that's what you want but if you still want to work in classic we'll just give you the old school solution as well so we do both that's, that's quite cool so what we wanted to really talk about today was a new ui and sort of what yeah. what's been going on with it because i think you also did you post a blog about it yep I did, yeah. So I've just started working Unified Interface, and the thing that I got really excited about was some of the new custom controls that are available. So I'm a huge fan of the calendar control, which I think is super badass. Um, with Click Dimensions, the new Unified Interface is now kind of segregated out different parts of your digital marketing. So if you're just working in like messaging, such as emails and text messages, that's now in one section by itself with all of the components to complete that particular task. And we also have web analytics and web content as a next section on the navigation. Ah. So if you're just working in building web forms, yeah, it's cool. So for example, Ian, like we were chatting before, if you're just building web forms, you don't have to navigate through the mess of like email marketing or marketing lists or anything yeah, like so that. Yeah, so you went for the It'll much more modular in. approach in the same way that the whole Power Apps has at the moment. Everything's its own sort of app and section, et cetera. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, spot on. So one of the things I'm working on at the moment is now a customization for the event side of things, which I know Mark has been playing around with. Um, and I want to create the calendar customer control on probably like the active events and the past events. So you'll be able to see these are the events that ran. Here's how long they ran for. Color code them depending on what kind of events they are. So that kind of customization I, I'm currently Yeah, it's going on. to be really cool for us when we do the Scottish Summit stuff and pull everything through and see our dates, bits and pieces there. Hopefully we're, that's where we're playing a lot. I think Mark, as you say, has definitely done much more with it. Yeah, I've actually, the calendar control is something we've just put in on one of our customers like two or three days ago. They do oh, marketing yeah. activities where they have uh, internal and external events that they attend. And they didn't just mm -hmm. want a list of events. They wanted a calendar that they could flick through month by month, different color of it, if it's yep. internal or external. And it's like, hmm, that's actually really nice. The custom controls are awesome nowadays. So I'm going to play a little bit of ignorance in that just for my sanity. And I'm assuming then it looks like, so I know the resource scheduling, et cetera. I'm assuming it looks like that where you can see the calendar, you can scroll across it. And as you say, you've got different events tagged, different colors and some Maybe in the most simplistic form. If you actually think of the old, remember the service calendar? Mm -hmm. So the service calendar, how it was a bit, it's a bit more basic than the URS schedule board. But yeah, it's just a it's a calendar frame, and well, that's that. It's just a view of it, isn't it? So it's a yeah, view. You've got your days, right. work days, weeks, hours, times, that type of thing, and you can see what's happening. Yeah, it's pretty much just Outlook, an Outlook calendar, and each task or activity type is is there. It is quite quite cool, and it's that's that's awesome. It is. I honestly, there's that many. I didn't even realize 
um, it existed. It was one of the people that's on my team was like, have you tried doing this? Like, never even knew it existed. And you know me, when somebody shows me something I don't know, then that's <laughs> like, I love it. Yeah, I actually picked up that little tidbit from Sarah Lorgaquist. I can never say her name. I'm so it sorry, changes up the day, Sor- Sora. <laughs> and she actually did a talk at D365 Saturday Amsterdam on low-code solutions for event management, which was super, super interesting. And she used the calendar control, and that's kind of how I got the idea to implement it with Click Dimensions. Yeah, there's loads of different controls and PCF controls. The PCF stuff's going to be really, really good. I've been really messing around with them. Um, drag and drop files into blob storage. Uh, this one's probably not. It's it's good for what it does. It, it doesn't have any practical uses, but displaying credit, the one displaying the credit cards and stuff. There's no way you can use it because oh, it yeah. won't pass any sort of data security. But just the things <laughs> that you can and can't do with that is like really really good. So I think that custom controls are almost going to become the new IP. People aren't going to build. Yeah little solutions here and there, they're going to build frameworks that they'll then do subscription models to. I think, I might be wrong, but I think that's where it's going. Yeah, and I kind of see, like, having worked with Click Dimensions in the old interface for many years, there are so many things that can be solved by switching to the new unified unified interface. God, it's so hard to say. And uh, just by implementing some of those custom controls and some of, like, the, the things you can do with the fields, like the really cool sliders and stuff. Um, I think it's going to make people's lives a lot easier. One of the things we definitely get asked about a lot is kind of dashboards and more visual reporting. So I do think Unified Interface will address that to an extent, but also I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure you guys already know about the acquisition Click Dimensions made for SweetSpot as well, the uh, marketing dashboard company. Yeah, that's also going to be a huge part of us being able to deliver on dashboards and visual reports and things like that too. So Yeah, I was... I was quite surprised with that one, if I'm honest. I didn't. I thought you'd maybe go down the Power sure. BI route and frame Power BI stuff, but rather than yeah, bringing something else in. But I suppose if there's suites that are already built, then it's easy to to mm-hmm. reuse that functionality. That's the thing, and my understanding is that we wanted to basically acquire a market leader instead of building something ourselves just to compete with that. So, And also we want to focus our development team on providing more innovation for the platform. So rather than dividing up the development team to create something for Power BI, we just acquired a platform that will do that. But the platform sweet spot will also allow you to push your data to Power BI as well from multiple different points. So if you're working with Salesforce, for example, you can still push that into um, SweetSpot and SweetSpot will push that out to uh, Power BI as well. So there's multiple different things that tool can do rather than, than us just going, oh, we'll just build something with Power BI. It just made more sense. So so while we're talking about dev team and doing dev stuff, here, here's where my request comes in. So, oh, no. It's, it's not a request. It's actually something I've built out on my instance just playing around with it. So you've got events, you've got event participants, and we can connect yes. in... Um, with Eventbrite, so anytime somebody orders a ticket, we can pull that information in. What about if you're running events, being able to pull speakers in? And having that would be pretty cool. And ha- I'm sure there's some kind of customization you could probably. Oh do yeah, there is that. customization, and I've done it. But I think that's that could be quite cool in the product. Yeah, because they're not an attendee. It's not just it's, it's been able to tag it differently, isn't it? Yeah, so I, and in terms of marketing to them, you've run 25 different events and you want to email them out to say, I'm running another event, do you want to speak at it? 
Mm-hmm. So, Ian, what was that phrase you told me to say when Mark was going to bring this that up? That you're not product team, you're pre-sales, but you'll take the feedback on and push it back to them and they may look to deploy it to the roadmap. That's what, yeah, what he said. (laughs) (laughs) No, all joking aside, I do really like that idea for sure. Um, I think that where product is primarily based on marketing, so it's really hard to build a product platform that's like one size fits all. But I do really, really like that idea. Yeah, of course. I came up with it. So yeah, of course, everyone likes it. I'm messing. Don't worry. <laughs> so, I do want to hear about your solution, though, at some point, because that is pretty I'll cool. I'll send you some screenshots later on. It's one of the things that from awesome. that, obviously, something could grow and it could become something totally different. But just make sure you change it enough mm-hmm. that he doesn't then try and claim IP on it, obviously. <laughs> Would I do that? <laughs> what else are you... Is your dev team creating some of their own custom controls? I honestly am not too privy to that information. They tend to hold their cards pretty close to their chest. My understanding is that right now there is a lot of development work going into UI, into integrating SweetSpot because we haven't completed that integration just yet. And also platform stability continues to be a key focus of the developers as well. Yeah, because I actually forget it's not just the CRM solutions. Everything goes up to the cloud, doesn't it? So that needs to be needs to be good. yep exactly like our campaign automation um has undergone some major architectural changes to make it more stable so that's again completely entirely run on our cloud side none of the processing is done on the client side at all so that is something that we have to make sure it's, it's a huge part of our tool and it's a super cool tool if it's able to be stable enough when um when we want to put a lot of our resources into ensuring that it's the best that it can be because it is like super complex like it means you don't have to work you don't have to write workflows or anything like that it's kind of similar in my opinion it's kind of like click dimensions power apps kind of things so you don't have to write your workflows or write any code you can use the the campaign automation tool to automate all of your marketing instead so just talking about the automation campaign automation is yeah. the new campaign automation builder is that new as well it's not new as in new the product, but it looks totally different. I don't think it's changed a whole lot. Is it? In what way do you think it's changed, or what? Maybe I'm missing. Something. It just looks a lot different. It's either that, or because I've been switching between that and other marketing products, I just forget what it looks like. But no, it does look um, a little bit different. But it's, do you know what? It's so much easier to use than any other marketing product that's out there. Oh yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like I look at it and I compare it to some other marketing products out there and just the drag and drop capabilities, just drag and arrow where it wants to go. Creating logical decision nodes is super easy. Uh, I really like it. And I think the colors are really easy to understand. Like green is positive, red is negative. And unfortunately, if you're colorblind, you just have to know the top is positive, <laughs> bottom is negative. That is something that I've heard in feedback before that I do think they're going to implement in the future. But yeah, it's a super, I've seen some people do some crazy things. I've even seen people use it as like art canvases almost and create like Death Star looking kind of automations that obviously don't work, but they look really cool. <laughs> that, that's pre-sale smoke and mirrors though, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not building the Death, the Death Star. These are customers that come to us having built these massive automations that look amazing, but they're like, we don't understand why it doesn't work. I mean, like, pri- prime thing form. there, isn't it? The Death Star, they've built that and obviously real life in yep. the movies and, and the air vent let it down, right? That was his weak point. So it doesn't matter how big and pretty it looks, there's always going to be that weak point. And 
for me personally, with Click D or Click Dimensions, it's I've used it for web form, creating leads, creating yes. that sort of stuff. I've not used it for the full capacity that it can do. We've sent mm-hmm. for GDPR element here, we sent out something like 300,000 yep. emails. Obviously, Click D handled all of that for us as well. And it was awesome. We got our bounce backs. We found out what emails were invalid. There was all the whitelisted, blacklisted stuff that you guys, as you say, it's all in the cloud. Yep. We just send it and get a report a couple hours later. Exactly. And that's one of the things I actually do talk about a lot at UG is like GDPR and how Click Dimensions can help and what all GDPR is and, you know, what kind of problems it's caused. Super interesting stuff. You know, people really are so engaged when I talk about data protection policies. It's a a bizarre one, isn't it? Because I think if you spoke about data protection four years ago, people would have been like, yeah, I don't know anything about it. Don't know anything about it. But now I was at a UG the other day. And a guy, and one of the questions about GDPR and consent because somebody was using an image of a member of staff from Skype mm-hmm. and SharePoint so that you could see who the new starters were on a list. It was like, are you allowed to mm. do that? Do you have consent to do that? Is it because they're a member of staff? And you're like, thing. I would never even have thought of that. And still, even at that point, I was yeah. like, but they're a member of staff. It's different because GDPR is at marketing, is it not? Is it just consent using data? And then you're like, right, mm-hmm. I'm leaving this room. I don't even know what's going on anymore. <laughs> I think the juicy part about talking about GDPR is the fines, like, well, who's been fined? Why have they been fined? How much have they been fined? That's the stuff, like, people are asleep all the way through me talking about the regulations. And I'm like, right, the fines, they're like, oh, yes, give me this data. It's like juicy gossip for them. It's a percentage of turnover, though, isn't it? It can be, depending. It depends on which is larger. I think it's like 3% of gross profit or something like that, or up to, I, I don't remember the figures. I don't have my presentation notes in front of me, but they're huge. They're really, really big numbers. And it all just depends on, depends on what the issue is, what the breach is, how did you address the breach? So one of the examples I always give is there's a German social media company that had a data breach issue, but they were only fined, I think, I'm um, don't want to be quoted here, but I think it was only like three, four thousand euros. It was quite a small amount. And people were like, why? And it was because they immediately went to the data protection regulator and was like, hey, this has happened. And they were very proactive at working with them. So it's not about um, the amount. It's more about how do you react to particular breaches and what you do to rectify the situation. It's all the interpretation of it as well, isn't it? As you say, exactly. Oh, yeah. The hands up. I've done this, right, wrap my hands. But then that's interpreted a certain way because they're guidelines more than they are rules i think to some extent mm-hmm. almost like to to simplify it a little bit and that's where as you say it can be a max three percent or whatever it is based on a percentage exactly. of, of your gross turnover before profit as well so it's not even like it's, mm-hmm. it's not even in your profit part it's just everything and depends yep. who you are how and bad I mean, the breach is and what the what the actual fallout from the breach has been as well and I'm happy it's come into place because people need to have more control over their data, what's available out there on the internet and what people actually do with their data. So I'm super happy to see that this has come in. I think people tend to get a little bit anxious and nervous, but to be honest, it's technically always been there under the EU regulator. It just has actual teeth now yeah. and can do things. So, I mean, at the end of the day, just don't be a jerk. <laughs> Tell people what you're doing with their data and you'll be fine. <laughs> I was... Um... Going to say there's actually, believe it or not, still companies that do not have GDPR policies. I've I've been working with a couple um, in previous places and just um, ad hoc speaking to people who are like, we don't we don't have a policy. Um, does CRM can we not just tick a box and CRM becomes our GDPR policy? It's like no, CRM is a 
is a mechanism to implement your policy. It is not a policy. It's just, you can think, wow. Exactly. But your policy is your policy, isn't it? Yeah. You have guidelines about what your policy should be, but it's how you declare it and what you say, this is what we will do. So it's it's Mm -hmm. a weird one in that in itself, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. This is a retention policy. This is what we'll do with your data policy. This is our privacy policy. So most people do have it in one form or another, but they've just never collated it together. Because as as you say, Emma, since what, 1998 Data Protection Act, GDPR has always been there to some extent. It's just meatier now Mm -hmm. than it was previously. Yep, exactly. And I mean, as long as you are using permissions from a marketing perspective, using permissions-based marketing, you should be completely fine. And as a company, we've always implored permissions-based marketing. It's actually against our terms and conditions for you to use um, purchase lists or to send emails without actually getting permission first. Things like that have always been against our terms and conditions. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I never realized that that you had that in the T's and C's of the product itself. That is cool. People still try, and then I give them over to our head of deliverability, and she tears them a new one and basically tells them, don't do this again. So I think there's like a three strikes policy. If you do it three times, we'll fire you as a customer. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's important because it impacts our sender reputation. Yeah. We have always been permissions-based, and so if you're going to mess that up, you're going to mess up our sender reputation and then impact all of our customers. So we're protecting our customers and protecting our business by doing permissions-based. Yeah, the penny just dropped for me in that one as well. It's exactly that blacklist or whitelist that you you guys have that you yep. know what email address you can send to or what's valid or what's not a valid email it's all in there isn't it, it would actually impact yep. that if yep. you were to start sending absolute spam out all the time mm-hmm. and so we'll also there's different things like hard bounces and soft bounces mm. and if you have a hard bounce we will absolutely not send to that email address again yeah that's one of the things i love about it i could send an email mm-hmm. through what i have as an email address i guess a hard bounce and then you just completely yeah. block it. You, you just, as soon as anybody else uses it, it was hard bounce, we're not going to even bother sending to it again, almost. Exactly. Yep, we do all that for you. Yeah. I've got a couple of questions. Let's just throw some quick D questions out there to you. <laughs> just, just... Great. Imposter syndrome is like at its hype right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've probably asked you this question about 10 times anyway. What's the difference between sure. an email sends and a sent email? Yep. Okay, yeah, I get asked this question all the time, and it's a really good question. And I think they've actually changed the wording of this in the new unified interface. So an email send is basically kind of like your umbrella. It contains your marketing list, your email template, the date and time you're sending your email, if it's going to be a split test, all that kind of data is on the email send record. So it houses all that information. Whereas a sent email is the individual email a person gets. So if I send out an email send, it will likely send out maybe 400 sent emails. So that's the record of the individual email. So it's like like the header and the lines. So the email send is the header. pretty much. Um, So looking at the new interface, it's email sends and sent emails Mm -hmm. is what we're we're going with. Yeah, so email sends is your parameters. This email is going to get sent. It's going to contain this sort of information. It's going to get sent on this date, that time. And then the sent Mm -hmm. emails are actually what you get delivered to your inbox. Exactly. There are the individual records that we can tie back to the contact or lead that you sent the email to. So you can then see this person got this email <laughs> and this was the email send that it came from. Yep, it's, it's all the, about it's relationships. The handshake, yeah. or, they can to- or the customer yes. can just totally deny that they ever received emails, but even you can, though you can trace it back. So that was one thing I was really, oh, really yeah. impressed with was the level of detail that you can go into on an individual sent email. 
Oh, yeah. So I think I did that before for you before going into the XML, the actual record that we send to our message yep. transfer agent, being able to pull, okay, this is the delivered. This is what we got back from the email server showing it was delivered, the time, everything. Yep. Yeah, we get a whole bunch of data. Yeah, so that all gets recorded, isn't it? Because that email, that the exchange server that receives the email will actually pass back to you and say, mm -hmm. I've received the email. I know the email address. I've filed the email address. I've delivered the email address. And it's up to you potentially what you record, I think. I don't know exchange too much. Mm -hmm. I know there's certain definitely parts. We actually take whatever message we get back from the server, we actually log that under email events. So if it's a bounce, we'll give you the exact uh, messaging that we got from the server as to why they refused the message. So you should be able to see everything there as well, as you say, from the whole part yep. where the initial handshake, where you set up the, the campaign to release X amount of emails, to the fact that email mm -hmm. sent, to the sent emails, to the email events where you see the messages back and forth. It's the full life cycle of that email from the initial thought of creation to the actual handover and delivery. Yep, exactly. So you'll get your email events, which will tell you when it was delivered, the exact time it was delivered, the exact time it was opened, if they clicked on any links, the exact time of the link click, all of that data is stored in Dynamics. That's at the level. My wee mind just popped. Yeah, honestly, the I was just <laughs> so amazed at the level it could, it could go into. Right, so I'll give you... It's awesome because that's the stuff you normally have to go to the exchange team yep. or the... Especially yep. when you hand it over to the third party. So if I send an email to, from my domain to another person's domain, all I normally know, certainly, like in CRM, if you think about it at the moment, you get draft, pending sent, sent, received, and cancelled. All you know at that point that it's been handed over to Exchange from CRM, right? And server-side sync. Yep. You know fine well that you've built the XML, you've given the XML to Exchange, and then you lose sight of it. Whereas with ClickD, it's it. totally different. You're going to do all that stuff, hand over to ClickD servers who are going to log every eventuality that happens in the journey of that email, and you'll know all about it in CRM or whatever tool you want to use. Mm. That's sweet. It is quite creepy, though. <laughs> there's, there's a level <laughs> of creepy. I mean, Emma was able to tell me when it bounced, what the IP of the server was, who looked at the server. Yeah. When the server was spun up, what color the floppy disk drive on the server was, there's that much information to brought back. Like, oh. And that's what's awesome about that right there is because in that eventuality, if you hadn't used click D to deliver it, all the information that Emma was able to glean from the other server, you'd have had to go to the other party's IT team, whoever manages their exchange server, to get them to run a log on their exchange server to pull that information if it's stored. Yep. But that's never going to happen because that's you asking a third party to speak to their third party to deal with something else. You're just mm -hmm. never going to get a successful outcome on that. You're never going to get an RCA. You're never going to get your root cause analysis. You're never going to find it. Whereas Click D, because it's it's the all-encompassing marketing suite that does all that for you, and email campaigns because it does it for you, it's locked. That in itself is valuable. Sorry, I've just moved into Click D pre-sales apparently, haven't I? <laughs> Hey, come join the team. We're pretty awesome. Hopefully everyone over in Cork now will be able to go down to that level as well that Emma's, Emma can do. So, Well, dude, I trained them, so obviously. Awesome. Oh, oh that, that <laughs> fighting talk right there. People in Cork are like, geez, oh, I've now got imposter oh, syndrome. Cheers, Emma. Thanks for that. <laughs> like, cheers. Dropped her right in it. <laughs> well, come to my talk and you can cure it. 
<laughs> why don't you come to our talk or our summit well, and you can do a talk? I am. I'm going to. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. If she that. turns up this year. Mm, oh, that's Mark, exactly what that I was. That's what I was meaning. I'm like, it doesn't matter. You put your name down, right? <laughs> this isn't like a nightclub where your name's on the list and you just don't get to turn up, and that's cool. If your name's on the list, you need to come down. You need to come in. Well, I'm sorry that my house had to close on that specific date, and I couldn't miss it. Otherwise, I would not have a house to live in. So I, I do sincerely apologise from the bottom of my heart. I'll, I'll bring the goods. Yeah. Next so time. for the next eight months, you're not allowed to buy or sell any houses. I, I think I can Good. do that. We're, all, we're happy with that one. <laughs> you heard it here first, right? <laughs> Emma's not buying any of seven, seven months' time, two weeks, Emma's like, guys, I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what me, to be honest. You really don't. <laughs> Pre-sales was so good. I've travelled the world and I've decided that I want to live in Kuala Lumpur. We're setting up a new office. Honestly, I'd actually love to live in the Netherlands. It's the best place ever. It's just so good. It is. I, I've never been. No. It's quite nice. <laughs> it really is so nice. We had so much fun that that week. It was brilliant. That's does Matt <laughs> does Matt live in Holland? Yeah, or the Netherlands? He does. He lives in the Hague in uh, the Netherlands. He does. Yeah. So um, my boss previously was in Atlanta and I saw him maybe once a quarter. And now my boss lives in an entirely different continent. So, <laughs> uh, which is, which is great. It's, it's really good. It means I get 3 a.m. emails now, you know, setting up meetings. Great. I think that's the joy in what we work in and the area we work in that we can work autonomously and remote. And there's no need exactly. for the office element and everything there. And if that's one thing that proves that is the fact that your direct boss is in a totally different time yep. zone from you, but still you can work. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the opportunity to work under um, a 13 time MVP is just it blows my mind. I was just overwhelmed and super excited. And I just feel so, so lucky to get to do this job. It's the absolute best. Matt is awesome. So take anything you can from him under his learning tree. Oh, yeah. Oh, I will. He has no idea what he signed up for. He really doesn't. He's probably saying the same on our podcast about you right now. <laughs> he was like, I had no other options. She was the only one that would be crazy enough to do it. I'll take it. She was my fifth choice. I didn't want to go there. It's <laughs> full of that imposter syndrome. Nah, you know that's oh, absolute know. crap. It's something where you've obviously worked here. You've shown the drive to do it and there's the reason why we know you as well like that whole community element and everything else that you do it's mm. it's, it's awesome thanks very much I, I try really hard and I, I absolutely love what I do I think it's great that I finally found something that I'm really passionate about and I feel like you know the way they say if you find something you love doing you never work a day in your life I 100% feel that way 90% of the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah there has to be that caveat isn't there where sometimes uh, yeah, you just absolutely. go I'm going to stack shelves in Asda I can't deal with this anymore <laughs> Yeah, when you work in support particularly, it definitely can go that way. But most of the time, people are usually fairly reasonable. Oh, Pre-sales is definitely, because it is, it's all about latest stuff that's coming out, what are we going to do, how can we innovate. Um, so yeah, pre-sales will be awesome. I think you'll be okay. Yeah, and a huge part of what I'm being brought on board to do as well is to try and figure out how we can expand the Click Dimensions product with the Power Platform, for example, and get more functionality out of the actual Click Dimensions product itself. So I'm really excited to get to do that too. Excited to see what's actually going to come from all that. Like, 
There's mm-hmm. so much opportunity, so many different avenues it can go down. And Yep, there really is. And there's some things that I've seen customers really struggle with in the past, like wanting to pull certain data from certain entities. entities. Um, and now having worked with Matt Whittabin, he's kind of given some training on how to use Slow to do that. And so thinking of how we can use other parts of the Microsoft platform to expand the use of like dimensions is super exciting for me. Yeah, there's just... Yeah, it's a game changer. There's so much there. So power apps, flow, logic apps. Um, there's just it's going to be cool. I mean, I'm just thinking how what, how can I get a a power app with with Click Dimensions data in it? What could it look like? How easy is it for somebody to use? Approval process. It just comes through to power app. They say, right, I'm happy with that. Yep, market manager approves it. It can be sent out. Basic things. It's, That is actually one of the things I'm working on. I just built out an approval process using workflows. No, no, it's going to be really cool. I just did it all using workflows because it made and business process rules and it all made sense then. But now I'm thinking, my God, if I just had an app that the the manager could just say, that looks good, send it off, that would be so much easier. And I really don't think it's going to be that difficult. I say that now and five months later, but like, this thing. You'd be like four in the morning, half bald because you've been ripping your hair out full of caffeine, looking at it going, why did I even decide this was going to be something I'd look at? But that's exactly because why Mark we do this. Because Mark said it was a good idea. He does it to me all the time. Like, was, I was on the phone the other week, we were talking about something. And then I started getting distracted and he's like, you're building out, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to because I just believe it should be easier than how it's been done before. Mm-hmm. find myself four hours later still sitting there slightly bleary eye because I've been staring at the computer and it's two in the morning like what have I done <gasps> oh, oh, Emma you could use virtual assist or virtual vir- virtual agent oh, there's that many virtual, virtual agent so virtual agent I would like to unsubscribe from a marketing list what marketing list name what is your email address boom they can do that through a company's website so the virtual assist is Microsoft's bot oh, tech yeah. that we're bringing, and uh, it can integrate all across. It can trigger flows and things like that as well. Go and retrieve information from the, the CDS, push it back, update things, etc., back and forth, and it's all a bot. Mm-hmm. That's definitely worth thinking so, yeah. about. Use the like virtual idea. agent, hand it off to CDS, use flow to update the records, and you're laughing. I want to subscribe. I want to unsubscribe. That's quite, yeah. Tell me what I've got subscriptions for. That's quite cool. There you go. Yeah, there could be potential there. I think it would need some integration with our product team because a lot of the unsubscribe process is handled in our cloud. Because of GDPR, we don't want agents just to be able to subscribe and unsubscribe people from lists left, right, and center. It has to be the individual person. But I do think there's potential there for something. Now that I think about it. I've not looked, but is there a Click Dimensions flow connector? There is not. I mean, because we're integrated into Dynamics, we're a solution in Dynamics, it's pretty much available in the CDS yeah, anyway, as far as I know. Yeah, it's so quite native almost, yeah, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah, it is. So there's no need for a connector. Boo. <laughs> there's always a need for something. <laughs> Why is that boo? That's almost no, no. better. Does that not make it is, easier? yeah, because they are all tables. It does make it easier because you, you don't need to then call the connector for the flow. You can just connect straight to the data. Yeah, and yeah, we can definitely do that with Flow. Mm-hmm. We've been sending emails using Flow as well, Click mm-hmm. Dimensions emails. Oh, my, my wee brain's running a million miles an hour now. 
<laughs> oh, I'm going to write the blog post on it with, with Matt's help once I understand the basics of it. And then I can send that on to you and you'll be able to send all your click dimensions emails. If you want to do any proof of concept stuff or just talk through it, I'm more than welcome to be ears because I love to learn this and click to eat something as I awesome. say. I'm not 100% yeah, afraid with it. So yeah, if you want to talk through how the product works, I'm sweet with that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Once I get my basics down and figuring it out, for sure, I'd be happy to do that. So you've mentioned a couple of times that you have a blog. Now, that's just something you've started up quite recently. Yes. GoodellTattooedCRMGirl.com. All thanks to Mark Huntingford himself. Chris Huntingford, even. Mark Huntingford. Jesus Christ on a bike. Uh, Chris Huntingford. Oh, my God. <laughs> just say it again. We'll edit it out. Don't worry. Chris Huntingford, and um, I met him at the Dublin Summit two years ago, and I was introduced to him as a tattooed CRM guy, and he looked at me, and he was like, you're a tattooed CRM girl. I'm like, oh, fuck, I am now, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) You're screwed. That is your new title. I remember the whole, uh, the the Twitter, and it was a bit tit for tat, but on Twitter, the whole, you need to change your name, you need to change your name, you need to change your name, and then then you finally done it, and everybody was like, yay! I actually just spent two weekends ago with him and there's like pictures of us like comparing our tattoos and stuff. That dude is huge. Oh my God, he's so big. Can't even get over it. I'm so short, so it just looks ridiculous. Oh, height-wise, right, okay. Yes, yes. Like he's just really freaking tall. What is he, like six foot four or something? He's just, and I mean, he's the big personality to boost, so it's just like the room is just taking over. Which actually reminds me, you got a tattoo in Amsterdam last month or two months ago, didn't you? I did. I did indeed of a little bike on a canal. Yeah, I did indeed. So I, living up to I actually sent you some ideas for Scotland as well, but you just totally ignored them. I'm not, I'm not getting a thistle. I might get a unicorn actually. That would be cool. <gasps> what about Nessie? Why so adamant not a thistle? Because I just don't like thistles. So fair enough. That's, like, there's actually no kind of argument to that. That's just the way it is. <laughs> what about Nessie? <laughs> maybe I like that one. Maybe. See, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's like the bike in a canal thing. It's not like Amsterdam where, I mean, you could have just got mm-hmm. a big certain leaf and stuff like that for Amsterdam, but it's not mm-hmm. really quite as cute. Whereas Nessie, like, you ever seen the, the cartoon Family Ness? Mm-hmm, yeah. You could totally get one of the wee guys. I think that would be cute. I'm actually going to get tattooed when I'm in um, Summit in Orlando. And my plan is to get... An alligator on a roller coaster holding an orange wearing Mickey Mouse ears. Because as I'm long pretty, as you've got the orange on it. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. That's like Florida, like yeah. in one image. So Unless you do the Simpsons plan. version of Florida. Remember Lisa went out dressed as Florida for Halloween? Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, and that's also very accurate too. So <laughs> I mean, you're almost just getting like a Florida's a Florida gator statue, really, aren't you? Oh no, God, no. No, no, no. He'll have Mickey Mouse ears. It'll be really cute. I think that's actually awesome. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just imagining, because it's neo-traditional stuff you like, isn't it? Yeah, like a lot of cartoony coloured stuff. Like bright yeah. colours are definitely my jam. So I'm just thinking about a big circle with Nessie and the water and with a tartan hat on. There you go. Oh, that would be very cute. I like that idea a lot. Yeah, we'll sort that out. We'll, we'll find some tattoo artists for you while you're over. Yeah, I don't trust you. I think I'll find my what? own. I can actually, I can send you a couple. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with really good. Um, yeah, no, actually, that would be really helpful. That, there, that would maybe even like, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hunt the boat. 
What's What's wrong with my tattoos? Your tattoos are great. I just like very, very bright colours. Yeah, we'll find. We're going to send you down some ditch in Glasgow now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly why I didn't want your recommendations in the first place. I have a feeling this is going to happen. I'll come back with like a Union Jack on me or something and be like, ah, here, lad. It wasn't the plan. Here's a picture of Theresa May. <laughs> I actually might get the, the I Love Dynamics sticker tattooed. I think that'd be oh, great. The I Love D. Yeah, I think it'd be really appropriate. <laughs> it is a decent one. We, I think we have got more stickers in there one. as well. Oh, brilliant, because my, my ones were on my old laptop that died that day in Summit, so I need Right, to... so I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. If you send me over a hockey puck, I'll send you over loads more stickers. Okay, grand, that's the deal. I definitely, it's on my mind. Every time I go downtown, I'm like, I have to go in there now. And I will, I will. That's fine, yeah. Yeah, some good colours. He's, he's done, a, one, of his, one of the things he's done is a tattoo, became an Andrew WK poster. No way. For his tour. That's amazing. Party hard. <laughs> so I think that oh. that should be your thing, then, Emma. Every place you go to speak, you should get a tattoo. Yeah, that is All my right, plan. Okay. That has been my plan for a while. Yeah. Right, we're going to send you to Nigeria to Lagos to speak. <laughs> <laughs> see what cool thing you can make out right. of that. Then. <laughs> hmm. I don't know, like, I'm what would you actually not going to go down this road. I'm not going to go down this road. I'm going to stop right now. You would get an email with somebody, my uncle Steve. <laughs> that's what you would get. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> that could be interesting. That's all we're going to say. Let's wrap it up. You've given us your blog, tattooedcrmgirl.com. Where yep. else can people find you? I'm also on Twitter at TashiTCRMGirl.com and probably LinkedIn as well. I think everyone is um, just at Emma Darcy. Awesome. What about Click Dimensions? What's their social media stuff? Yeah. Uh, so it's at Click Dimensions on Twitter. Um, we're also ClickDimensions.com, of course, as well. And I think they, they do some Facebook things as well. There's some pretty sweet Facebook memes on there too. And I think they also have an Instagram as well. Do they? Am I on? I'm on the Instagram. Yeah, if you want to see what I look like, I'm on the Instagram as well, at Click Dimensions. I think my face is on there. Well. I'm on the Instagram. That is the most oh, Irish yeah. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm on the Instagram. That's like my granny saying, I'm on the Facebook now. I can't help it, okay? It's just it's part of my culture. Why are you making fun of me? I don't agree with this. <laughs> on that, Emma, we will say thank you very much for coming on and joining us today. Oh, it's been the absolute crack. Thanks a million, guys. Cheers. See ya. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe to the podcast with your favourite app and check out crm.audio for information on all the other shows on the network.